0: I ended up basically selling it a couple of years later, made a little bit of money, but nowhere near what I should have. Next buy came along, subdivided the block, made a fortune, right? Um, and that's where I probably learned one of my first lessons, right? Where you just shouldn't shouldn't sell. Um, and um, and it also was part of the inspiration for future.
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with founder and CEO of Future Rent Godfrey Din. We'll learn more about how he came up with a marvelous idea for the innovative business along with how he finds creating wealth for himself more satisfying than working with one of the biggest investors in real estate on the globe. didn't realize that there weren't any services for property investors that gave them the ability to access the future rent. So, he jumped on it. He spends his days solving investors cash flow and investment needs.
0: Spend a lot of time talking to property investors every day, um, trying to help them with their um, their investment goals and whatever their needs are. Um, so, I um, actually got started in property um with with actually studying property so i I studied property economics at uts um and um i was lucky in that my dad actually had a friend who was a developer and he'd studied the same degree and he put me in contact with him and i was talking to him about um sort of what to do and i was really interested in in property because i think property you just have so much more um control there are less ifs that are out of your control um, and you can be really strategic about what it is that you want to do. Um, so I chose to go into the field and uh, I was lucky enough to start working at um, a company called Investec um, in an area which was set up to basically lend money to property developers and also invest um, in anything from you know shopping centers to residential developments, um, office buildings, a whole range of things. So I, I was quite fortunate to start my career there and um, have some really interesting learnings and, and I moved on to work for Deutsche Bank um, and I worked my way up to um, Vice President of, of Commercial Real Estate there. Um, so I was really lucky in that I could cut my teeth, um, I guess, with yeah, with, with the bank's money and also working alongside some, some really great um, clients who had some really great experience. So... Over that time, I invested about one point three billion in, in, in um, into property deals for those organisations, um, and a lot of quite active investment property strategies, so really buy, fix, sell type of stuff.
1: He jumped onto the property ladder at that point and realised he may have bitten off more than he could chew.
0: I remember, like the first investment property I bought was actually a um, it was a house on a big block of land in Ermington in Sydney and it actually had like an old dilapidated tennis court at the back of the property and i thought well you know it'd be great should be able to under all the planning controls should be able to subdivide it into effectively two houses um but i started very young so i bought my first investment property when i was literally um just out of university and um i i really emptied my bank account to do it (laughs) i i had enough money for you know for the deposit for the stamp duty, um, but you know, I, I don't even know if I really thought about all the closing costs that I had to had to come up with, and um, and then I sort of looked at my bank account and I was like, wow, how am I going to actually fund a subdivision? How am I actually going to pay for even like the council, you know, or sort of DA lodgement fees and all that sort of stuff? And um, so yeah, it was really interesting in that I had these two parallel experiences working, you know, for some really big organizations investing lots and lots of money in property. But then my own personal experience as a property investor where I realized, you know, the banks, they do a good job of helping you buy the property. But after that, you're on your own. <laughs> you know, the banks, they, they generally don't help you with your, with your cash flow, with your, you know, investment needs, not going to help you generally like in an easy way buy the next property or with capital to... Um, invest in whatever strategy it is that you want to do with your investment properties. Um, So, I mean, funny, I mean, with that property in Ermington, I ended up... I I made, you know, probably um, a pretty big mistake in that I I ended up basically selling it a couple of years later, made a little bit of money but nowhere near what I should have. Next buyer came along, subdivided the block, (laughs) made a fortune, right? Um, and that's where I probably learned one of my first lessons, right? where you just shouldn't shouldn't sell. Um, and um and it also is part of the inspiration for the future.
1: He currently spends his days talking to property investors as he likes to have those conversations himself with his clients. Uh,
0: at the moment, there's a lot of people, and I can get into you know some examples with you later, but a lot of people, for instance, trying to make the most out of their investment properties. Um, so, with you know the the banks generally sort of capping people out at a certain level when they get to a certain number of investment properties, um, you really need to I think be quite uh, deliberate about making sure your investment properties are working as hard as they possibly can for you. Um, so, yeah, we've been doing a lot in the renovation space. So helping you know a lot of property investors finance their renovations on their investment properties, um, renovating their homes, those sorts of things. Obviously, we um, don't, you know, get involved except for basically just yeah, helping people with the capital component and actually giving
1: them access to to their rent early so they can make their next move. Dean grew up in Cherrybrook in North West Sydney and started his schooling at Dural in Norman Hurst Boys.
0: I think I had a a very sort of um, Middle Australia sort of regular upbringing um, and um, yeah, my, my dad was an engineer. Mum, she uh, after she was spent a bunch of time looking after us. She actually dived into real estate herself and worked for a little bit as a real estate agent. Um, and they really got ahead by, you know, buying. They weren't big investors, but buying a couple of investment properties. And I, I think I saw how much of an impact that had on their ability to meet their financial goals. Um, and that was, you know, a big part of the reason that really got me interested in property. Actually, went to um, like primary school in, in Dural, so if, if you know that, it sounds like you know the area pretty well, right? And um, and yeah, it was beautiful. Like, you know, really, um, it wasn't as built up as what it um, what it is today. We were probably one of the first families to sort of move move out that way, and um, but it was suburban paradise. You know, you could, you kids could just go and ride your bikes and spend, you know, all day out and come home and your parents would have nothing to worry about. So it was amazing.
1: After finishing high school, he didn't waste any time and jumped straight into working on his career. I finished school and straight away, I started um,
0: just working, I got like an admin job. working at the place that my dad was working working like just doing some admin sort of stuff before uni started um and then i uh started um a degree actually specifically in in property so um there's a degree called property economics at uts which is a really interesting degree it's got a really good combination of i think the economics around property in terms of demand supply demographics, those sorts of things, um, then as well, covering off on planning, urban planning and, and those sorts of things and, and finance and development, construction. So a really good, broad range of experience. Um, so it's a four year degree at UTS, but the first two years, they uh, have that full time and the second two years, they actually try to place you into um, different property companies or different organisations. So second two years, I was able to start working for Investec um, and that's sort of how I, how I got that job there and, um, you know, I was, I was still a kid, I think I was 20 years old um, when I started there and um, it was, yeah, a huge learning experience and a huge, huge growth opportunity. So I was very fortunate to, um, to be given that.
1: He learned a lot working at Investec that he's taken with him and helps him with his property journey today.
0: We did a fair bit in the development space and one of the big things that really stood out was in development when people are like, you know, sort of buy, fix and sell. Um, you often, five years later after you finish the project, look back and go, wow, should I really have sold that? I mean, imagine if I'd actually kept that and what the what the value of that would be today. Um, So I I sort of think that, I mean, especially when you take into account the fact that you pay tax and all of these sorts of things, um, you know, unless the market really moves in your favor, um, you'd be quite lucky generally to make, say, a 20% return on on a project, right? Um, And then you spread that over the period of time that it takes you to do the project and take into account tax and all of those sorts of things. So your returns, um, you know, sometimes aren't as good as they would be if you just actually just kept the thing. Um, so I think like that's sort of one, of one of the first principles that I really took out was if you can buy, fix and keep, right? And, and then actually think about how you can achieve the same outcome um, and get the same amount of money, but through a financing strategy. Right. Um, so I think I was lucky in that working at these organizations, which, you know, within their property investment and finance areas, um, allowed me to really understand, I guess, the capital side and the finance side of the equation really well. Um, and it's more about recycling your capital and building a sustainable portfolio that can sustain itself Um and you're achieving the same outcomes, you're just not paying tax and you're able to grow and you're able to continue your journey. Um, so definitely a couple of, couple of big lessons for a young kid.
1: <laughs> Coming up after the break, we hear about Din's time working at Investec during and after the GFC, and an old adage he lives by.
0: So there was some phenomenal buying opportunities really for us from you know 2010 to 2014, um, and the market started to really heat up again.
1: He shares the moment that led him to realise something's bigger doesn't always mean better.
0: One of the things that um, stood out to me was yeah, you, you kind of you, you um, working on those bigger deals sometimes uh, can be less less interesting and exciting than um, what you can do yourself and how you can create wealth through property yourself.
1: He delves further into how future rent came about.
0: Often the tenants need to pay their rent, you know, a year in ad- in advance but that's just not something that's available for everyday property investors. Um, so, and I figured look, it should be as simple as that. It should be as simple as a choice.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investor. Din delves into the ins and outs of future rent, and has a tip for listeners that he usually says for property investors.
0: I think it's about thinking creatively about your financial solutions, and um, yeah, I mean, and that's one of the interesting points that we're actually helping a lot of people with as well, um, where you know instead of having to sell, they can actually use their future rent to buy their next investment property. Um, so we. Um, Actually, one tip for your listeners, which we, we don't actually have on the website, but um, we actually give property investors where they're using the money to buy a new investment property. We actually give them up to two years worth of rent up front, um, which is quite considerable, right? That, that can really be like the deposit for your next place. Um, so, um, so yeah, we, we have a lot of interesting, and there are a lot of interesting options out there. Um, but you can I think do so much better if, if you stick to that buy, fix, keep type of approach.
1: Dean worked at Investec from 2006 to 2010 which can certainly be described as an interesting time in property and finance. Obviously, there was the financial crisis in 2008 and a lot of that really trickled through
0: in 2009, 2010. Um, so there was some really interesting buying opportunities um, which when I moved across to Deutsche, we we did quite a lot of um so and i I think um so you know buying um i guess at that time a lot of properties people couldn't really see a way out or they couldn't really see a scenario where there was going to be growth again and i i think in those situations it's about really being able to look through the immediate um noise and the immediate fear and see okay well where is value right where can we actually see that you know we've got our downside covered and if we work out what the worst case scenario is we think that you know we're buying in many cases at that time we're buying things below replacement cost um so you know you you know wow your downside is really you know significantly covered and then you work out what your upside can be on some reasonably conservative assumptions and yeah you you can do really really well so there was some phenomenal buying opportunities really for us from you know 2010 to 2014 um and the market started to really heat up again um and um and yeah it, it's interesting that whole i think be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy is a really really good rule to live by there were for instance quite a number of um shopping centers those sorts of things so um, one of the things we did with one of our clients, Blackstone, was we bought Top Ride Shopping Centre, um, which, you know, had basically just completed, but, um, they got the tenancy mix completely, uh, completely wrong and all the rents were overcooked. And, um, and so, you know, there, are uh, yeah, were, were a huge number of issues with the centre that needed to be changed and turned around, um. So, yes, yeah, some really, really tremendous buying opportunities um, that then we did like a, a reasonable amount in the residential development space, um, reasonable amount in office, a whole whole range of things really.
1: And, and you mentioned Blackstone because I, I have heard of Blackstone, is that that's an American company that he's um, also got a, from memory a book that he wrote as well too, isn't it? It's quite a large uh, fund.
0: Yeah, they're a really big um, US private equity firm. So. One of the biggest investors in real estate globally, if, if not the biggest actually. They're huge. They, they own a lot of real estate here, industrial, um, a whole range. Wow.
1: Wouldn't have wouldn't have known, I guess, but that's the thing. People don't really talk about that on the in the media and stuff because it's sort of, you know, the behind the scenes and, you know, big players that only play those kind of things, I guess.
0: So, yeah. Some really, really good learning opportunities. But um, I guess one of the things that um, stood out to me was, yeah, you, you kind of... you, you um, working on those bigger deals sometimes uh, can be less less interesting and exciting than um, what you can do yourself and how you can create wealth through property yourself um, and um, and also you know how we can help people and so that's really what like my focus now is is really future and, and helping property investors with their journey um, so we really wanted to create something which was yet yeah, purpose built for property investors. And is a better alternative to refinancing or dealing with the banks. Um, So, um, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Like, I think um, if you look at like the process, like a lot of clients that we talk to now, um, they don't seem to get prioritized by the banks so they might spend you know up to two months going through a refi process and ultimately seeing it fall away or, or end up not pursuing it. Um, I was staggered when I saw that something like more than 50% of refinance applications don't actually proceed.
1: Wow that's crazy that is nuts.
0: So it takes a really long time people have to provide a ream of paperwork documentation and, um, and yeah it was sort of seeing how difficult that experience is for you know was for myself and and how um how easy it should be that was a big part of the reason that why we started future rent. and and as well like um you know it sounds like a novel concept getting a whole year's rent up front but on the commercial space and i think this is something which um most people don't realize but a lot of commercial tenants actually get their rent paid quarterly six monthly sometimes sometimes even annually if you look at like specialized assets like service stations um, where there's a lot of capex or a lot of money that often needs to be spent on the property often the tenants need to pay their rent you know a year in in advance but that's just not something that's available for everyday property investors Um, so and i figured look it should be as simple as that it should be as simple as a choice when do you want to get your rent do you want to get your rent paid annually or do you want to wait for it to trickle in?"
1: He was super eager to get his foot on the property ladder as soon as he could which compelled him to buy the property at Ermington.
0: From my own parents' experience, right, they made so much more money through property than they did through their own sort of earnings, right, in terms of their day jobs. And I think property is something that is really like that. It's quite an entrepreneurial thing where people are going out and trying to invest and um, and, and 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 you know, I guess achieve their financial goals independently, right? Um, so um, so yeah. For for me, um, I was just super super keen to to buy something, and and that property particularly appealed to me because it was a big block of land. The market, you know, hadn't really moved a lot. Um, you know, at the time that I bought it, it would have been two thousand and. Yeah, 2008 thereabouts. So it was sort of decent timing. Um, So, you know, I I think timing is so important like it's really interesting where the situation that we're in at the moment, there seem to be areas that you look at and prices haven't really moved much in, you know, five, six, seven years. And then there are areas where, you know, in the last 18 months, (laughs) it's, you know, gone absolutely Nuts. So, so I mean, it's something that I think people really, yeah, keep an eye on, obviously, and and where you see that, and where you start to see things getting below replacement cost, um,
1: starts to look really, really interesting. The house was built in the seventies when the suburb looked very different to how it does today. It had a big old tennis court on the back, which was largely
0: derelict. Um, I think it would have been maybe one of the you know first how one of the earlier houses that were built there on the big blocks of land, but at the time, um, you know, there there had been some other um, like some properties that had started to be subdivided, but generally not. It generally wasn't at the point where um, it would be like super profitable necessarily to do it, right? You sort of need the cycle to sometimes catch up to a point where. You know, it actually makes sense from a land value perspective. Um, so um, so yeah, I, I sort of had, had I guess part of the right ingredients in terms of I had the right idea. <laughs> um, the timing was probably pretty good but I just sold it a bit too early and you know, didn't have the capital to, uh, to execute on the plan.
1: His original idea to subdivide it fell through and after some time with it being negatively geared, he sold it and stumbled upon the idea of future rent.
0: Well, at that time, um, interest rates were obviously, well, probably double <laughs> what we were paying now, right? So um, there was there was there was a little bit of a shortfall every year. Um, so you know, it's not like now, I guess, where property is largely positively geared with, without really even having to try. Um, so I guess I was I was probably a little bit negatively geared. Um, and um, I guess I, um, I, I sold because I, I, I wanted to buy another place. So I wanted to buy another place um, and that ended up doing still reasonably well for me. So it's always, you know, it's hard to, um, you know, point all the blame at, at, at selling. Um, but I wish there were other solutions out there for me at the time like Future Rent, where I could have, you know, instead of having to sell because I wanted to pull cash out, being able to extract money you know through other means um it's crazy I, I think on our our numbers something like the average property investor or in our numbers has about hundred and seventy grand in equity tied up in their investment property um, and that's a big number right and and it's um it's not as though property investors earn more than anyone else you know they're on on our sort of um estimates they're earning you know, the same as everyday Australians but they're trying to manage the household budget, the investment property expenses, um, other investment goals, all of these sorts of things and how you actually achieve that when you've got $170,000 in equity tied up your investment property. It's tough, right?
1: Yep. Plus, sometimes you have to actually make the shortfall as well too because sometimes you just don't have that but you've just got equity in there. You can't access easily.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the banks just make it so, so difficult for people. Um, and, um, and that's, yeah, I, I guess we sort of realized there's nothing that's purpose built for property investors.
1: Godfrey Din's story continues in the next episode of Property Investory. We'll hear what motivated him to start future rents.
0: Why shouldn't you be able to get it paid early, right? And if, if people are doing that in the commercial world, why shouldn't residential and everyday investors have that same ability to get paid their rent early?
1: He divulges how it's an option for every property investor.
0: The only thing we really care about is that our clients are. Are paying their their mortgage, right? As long as you've been paying your mortgage, you're not late in your mortgage repayments, you're eligible.
1: He shares the philosophy he lives and buys by.
0: And in real estate, um, you know, for example, um, the only way you're actually able to see through all the mess and buy well when the market is, you know, when everyone else is fearful is by engaging that type of philosophy.
1: And that's next time on Property Investor. And if you love the show and are ready to get serious about investing your money to get a low risk high return, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a money partner. Right now there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest their money for a short six months. To register interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040.